And if you have your Bibles, let's open them to the book of Luke, chapter 11. Luke, chapter 11. And we are going to begin reading in verse 1. I'm sorry, verse 5. And we'll read through verse 10. Luke, chapter 11, verse 5. We'll read these verses responsively through verse uh, 10. And shall we stand, please, for the reading of God's eternal word? Luke chapter 11, verse 5. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves? For a friend of mine is in his journey, is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he is from within, shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. And I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open. And so if you look back uh, at the end of verse 5, he says, Friend, lend me three loaves. Friend, very important on the salutation, that's a relationship, lend me three loaves. And so tonight we want to look at the doctrine of prayer. Uh, this is what the Lord taught when He was asked, teach us to pray. And so there's some very important principles that we can learn and apply in our own uh, walk with the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless the uh, message, the study. We pray that it would have an impact on our life, that we could understand these principles of prayer we could apply them. We could even learn to pray about our prayer life, that we would know importunity, much begging. We pray that you'd speak to our hearts. We yield your spirit, that he would give us power to preach and hear the word. We pray that as a result, our prayer lives would be more fervent, more effective and would glorify thee. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Lend me three loaves. I want to ask a few questions tonight and then answer them from God's Word. A lot of people are confused on the basics of Christianity. What is prayer? What is prayer? Uh, how do we pray? And then, how do we get our prayers answered? These are very important questions, because if, if we don't know what prayer is, what Christ taught, and if we don't understand the principles, uh, we can pray all day long. It's kind of like a, writing a hot check. It's going to bounce. Uh, the old saying the preachers used to say, most people's prayers don't make it past the ceiling. They never make it to heaven. And there's a lot of things that we're not going to cover tonight, but we do know that Christ 
is the mediator between God and man. There was one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Uh, many principles, but what is, what is the main purpose of prayer? Um, what are we trying to accomplish? And then what is the spirit of prayer? So how should we pray? Should we be always cordial? Uh, according to this passage, we should be annoying. We should bother God, bug God, annoy God. That's what this word means. Much importunity means an annoyance and bugging God, begging God over and over and over and over again. So we know that prayer is, is, it is asking and receiving, but it's much more than that. It's we're on the earth in the first heaven. We have need. There are those around us who are in need. We are asking God in the throne room, the third heaven, to send help, to have compassion and mercy upon us. And if we, this is going to happen, then we need to look at the principles because the disciples just before this asked, teach us to pray. So it is asking, seeking, knocking. This is very important. Prayer in the principle is more than asking. It's much more than that. You have to seek God. Seek the will of God. Seek Him early while He may be found. You must knock. You must investigate. You must search. Is this the will of God? Will God open the door? If God opens the door, you must seek the will of God and you must ask for him to send help from heaven. So there's a few aspects I want to mention by way of introduction. First of all, this is a friendship relationship, not just a far off God, Elohim, the untouchable Holy One, a friend. So in John 15, 13 through 17, Jesus said, I call you no longer servants. I call you friends. Why? Because he said, if you are my friend, you love me, keep my commandments. And he said, the friends keep my commandments. This now is a deeper, more intimate, close relationship. God is our friend. We are to be the friend of God, like Abraham, living by faith, trusting in Him. But it's more than a God-creature relationship. It's more than a father-son relationship. This is a friendship relationship. You know, how many people were made by God? They're not His friend. How many people have, are saved? They have a father-son relationship. They don't have a true friendship. They're not friends with God. They don't really know God. They're not close to Him. And the reality is, this is why we have these different relationship titles. Uh, the Holy One, the Creator, the Father, the Friend. If we're going to get our prayers answered, we need to realize He's our friend. We just sung the song, What a Friend we have in Jesus. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. 
also, we need to be His friend. You know, God made us to know us, to walk with Him, to be His friend. I mean, it's so simple, but overlooked by most people. The second thing I want to point out, this happened at midnight. So, according to the Bible, the evening and the morning were the first day. And at the, so the day begins at 6 p.m. Biblically, we are 25 minutes into Monday right now, biblically, the way God keeps time and uh, Israel. So this happened um, at midnight, six hours into the new day, which the Bible would call this the second watch or watches in three hour increments. And so we sing the song, and Daniel prayed every morning, noon, and night. Every morning, every night, every midday. You know, uh, too many, that's why we're to pray without ceasing. Some people have a little time in the morning. Some people may say a little prayer before they go to sleep at night. Some people may pray before their food, but God's looking for somebody who wants Him so bad, who needs Him so bad, they will pray even at midnight to, to say, friend, lend me three loaves. So the, look at the time that this took place. And also, before we move on, this friendship relationship, so the friend has a need to meet the need of a friend. So who does he go to? Our friend. I think a lot of times, this is why we ask amiss to consume upon our lust. Our prayers do not get answered. We ask selfishly. It's all about me. When we understand this, this is to apply biblical principles of hospitality to meet the need of a friend through the one true friend. And so lastly, what is the main principle here that we need to learn? Importunity. And the word importunity means much begging. So the word ask is in the aorist tense. I believe that's the word. Keep on asking. Ask and ask and ask and ask. And ask and ask and ask and ask. And keep on begging. And keep on asking. This is how you're going to get your prayers answered. Then we have the number three. And in biblical numerology, these three loaves, so we know loaves is bread. Jesus is the Word of God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He said, I am the bread of life. So what are we really asking for? Three number, the Word of God, loaves. Only the Word of God can meet our needs. But this word three is for the Godhead, the, the deity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. But the word really means harmony, completeness, unity. When we pray, are we really looking for the Word of God to give harmony, completeness, completeness and unity? What is our motive? Where are we coming from? What is the point of origin when we 
go to God for help from heaven. And so think about, God is on his throne. And, and uh, Byron was asking me about this after church today. We know God is omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. But then he's on his throne. So technically, to get help from heaven, we have to pray to the God of heaven, and we need to seek him realizing everything he does it has one purpose. What will benefit the kingdom of heaven? Will this request benefit his kingdom, not my kingdom, not just my family, not just my wants and wishes? Even though these things are very important, uh, health, finances, spiritual victory, uh, problems to solve, these types of things. The God of heaven is concerned about the kingdom of heaven, and he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And if our motive is right, if we understand our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I know we're not to pray in vain repetition. I don't know how I have all that memorized since I was a little kid. There's principles in the Lord's Prayer. Right. And, and a lot of times we're going, uh, this will help my kingdom. This will help my bank account. This will help my family. And, and these things hopefully are one and the same with the kingdom of God. But if we separate these things spiritually with selfish division, are we going to get our prayers answered? What is God doing? He wants to regain dominion that Adam was given over the earth, and he forfeited that dominion when he yielded to temptation and willingly disobeyed God by eating of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good, of good and evil. And now Satan is the God of this world, and the Lord is not going to enforce or impose because the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. God gave it to Adam. Adam gave it to the devil. God wants us as the sons of men, now the sons of God through the new birth, to, through prayer, obedience to the Word of God, biblical principles, living by faith, Take back the dominion. God wants you to rule as a king in a humble way. Your life, your marriage, your family, the raising of your children, in your local church, ministering the gospel and helping the poor and preaching the good news of deliverance from sin, death, hell, and the grave. How is this going to happen? Through prayer. What is prayer? Ask. Ask. Knock. Seek. Too many times we limit it to just asking. And there's nothing wrong with that. Keep on asking. Ask and ask and ask and ask. So, will God give it? If we knock, will God open it? 
If we seek, will God let us find it? So it's a, an investigation in some ways. I am going to seek God. I'm going to approach. I'm going to see if God's going to open the door or if he will shut the door. And I'm just going to keep on asking for God to send help from heaven. This is a part of John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So when the disciples came, and I don't want you to go back and, and read this. In the beginning of the chapter of 11, it's also in the book of Matthew, the verses that precede our text tonight, they, Jesus is praying. Now, the, see the scene here. They are watching the Lord pray to the Father. It says, when he is finished, they come up to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. How do we pray? How do we get a hold of the Father? How do we break through? How do we find a way to get help from heaven? How can we convince God to hear us and to have mercy on us and send help to us down below? And so, just real quick, I'll give you the principles. It's all about the name of God. Hallowed be thy name. When we pray, seek, and knock, we should be interested in God's name being protected, God's name being glorified. It's all about His kingdom, not my empire, not your empire, His kingdom and if our motive is pure, you know, and, and just think about this. If you need a new car, and you may need one, and you're praying for a vehicle, if, if yes, you need transportation, yeah, to make money, to go, it's, it's a necessity of life. We, we need to get places and go places in this world. But if we were to pray, Father, give me a car that is honorable, that is appropriate, that would benefit your kingdom, that I could use for your glory to magnify thy name, to get these principles involved rather than just asking, asking, asking. God knows our heart, and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So then he said, give us this day our daily bread. This is the daily necessities of life. The only thing we really ought to be praying for us is our daily necessities. And the Bible says if you have clothing and food, we ought to be content. Uh, and a house is a bonus, right? Uh, and also uh, a vehicle is a bonus. And all the blessings, uh, and the Bible says God loadeth us with His benefits. So we pray, give us our, now notice, daily bread. Not my bread tomorrow, not next week, not my retirement, my annuity, not my CD, my Roth IRA, not my pension plan, my daily bread. This is all we need. You know, we think we need to plan, you know, way into the future. Well, what if the rapture takes place tonight or tomorrow? All we need is our daily bread. That's, that's all that matters. We need to get our priorities right. God always takes care of his own. Then forgive us our 
those who have trespassed against us, as we forgive those, uh, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespassed against us. So, this is forgiveness, releasing others of the offense, so God will forgive us, so that we are cleansed by the blood of Christ, so that our blood will not separate us from our God, so that He will not hear our sin. And then what did He pray? Uh, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the glory and the power and the kingdom, and so forth. So, we ought to be praying for victory from temptation, deliverance from temptation, and applying these principles. Now, right after this, Jesus is praying. They're watching and listening and learning. Then when he is finished, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. So, this is a continuation of the same context or subject matter, which is doctrine of prayer. Jesus Christ, this is what He said. They said, teach us to pray. We better listen. We better learn. So, in the doctrine here, this is Jewish protocol. Biblically, if someone was visiting. Remember, they were traveling. Uh, it's a long way, very dangerous, very expensive to travel, very lonely to travel, and a lot of harsh weather, a lot of hostilities, you know, loneliness. They probably felt out of place. It was Jewish culture and biblical culture, by the way, that if, if you have visitors, you're supposed to feed them. I mean, it was not just suggested, this was the culture. And so, if you could not do this, it was offensive. If you could not do this, it almost brought self-shame on the one who could not be hospitable. So, they felt totally embarrassed and guilty, I don't have any food for my guests. And you know how sometimes you have visitors, you know they're coming, and they'll, they'll give you what's called a heads up, and then some of them just like to show up, uh, ding dong. Oh, I didn't know you are coming. Uh, I, I didn't have time to prepare. I did not have time to uh, bake some bread and prepare to feed you according to the culture. So, look at the situation. They arrive after dark, and it's going into midnight, and they're unprepared. And so, he thinks, I need to be hospitable. I need to feed my guests. I know what I'll do. These are my friends. I'll go to my friend. He'll give me some bread. And so, He's trying to feed his friends. He's friendly. He that hath friends must show himself friendly. He's going to his friend, representing the Heavenly Father. And so, he goes and he knocks and he wakes them up. So, and he's knocking. 
You know, sometimes some people go into a bear hibernation. They're like a grizzly bear at Yellowstone in the back of a cave, and they got the air conditioning on and the fans blowing. Uh, and, you know, I need help. So he, he finally comes to the door, and he's already asleep. And interesting, he said, I'm in bed with my kids. Now, he didn't even mention his wife. Interesting, I'm not going to go into that. But he said, I'm in bed with my kids. And, you know, that, that's also cultural in the old days. You know, they didn't have a bedroom for every gender of child. And, you know, my dad grew up with uh, 11 brothers and sisters. It was in a log cabin, and it was about, about half that big right there. You know, this was in, were they the good old days? I don't know. But we live like kings. I mean, our halls are bigger than some people's house. I mean, we are literally spoiled compared to the way a lot of people live. You know, and I remember when I visited China and other places, their apartments, you know, we have like uh, efficiencies. Their apartments make an efficiency look huge. I mean, they, they just don't have much square footage of space. So he says, I'm already in bed. And he said, I'm in bed. My kids are with me. Basically saying, go away. I'm in bed. But what happens? He keeps on asking. So let's look at this in verse 8. He says, I say unto you, though he will not rise. He didn't say, I don't want to get out of bed. It's cold. You know, they didn't have central air conditioning. To get out from under the covers, you know what it's like when it's cold. Uh, some of us. You remember those days. Uh, so he, he said, look at verse 8. Because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him, what does it say? As many as he needeth. Not less than you need, not more than you need, as many as you need. The Heavenly Father loves you and will give you your daily needs. Amen. We need to trust in him. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with doomsday prepping if you're balanced. You know, they sell a bomb shelter at Uvalco. It's not really. Yeah, it kind of is. You know, you can get a big old backhoe, dig a hole. Remember that thing? What does it sell for? It's 32,000. You know, it, it has stairs. It's like a welded plate. You can go down there, keep your guns, and they say put your keg down there. Nobody will steal it. And I'm just, when, when the uh, tribulation hits and thousands of people are coming, trying to find food, um, there's nothing wrong with preparation for the future. But what's the reality? Most of it's going to go bad anyway, right? Now, you could pickle. We're trying that. I've never done it before. You, what's it called where you make jam and jelly and preserves? You can preserve it. You can have thing, you know, you can have rice and beans, uh, and you think, boy, I'm really stocked up. Well, if it's not stored right you look and there's some of those weevils in there before you know it but it'll keep you alive because they have protein but you know a lot of things expert you know i have 
I'm so stocked up. I love mustard on my hot dog. I've got 20 bottles of that stuff. Well, I got news. It has an expiration date. And, you know, you may, mustard may turn green um, and uh, be, have mold in it. But e even like, look how quick fruit molds. Look how quick, you know, you think, well, I've got a couple loaves of bread here. You go over there. What's this green? What's this mold? Uh, things wax old in this life. Nothing wrong preparing. But what does God say? Your daily need. You know, I fully believe if something bad were to happen, God has a way miraculously to feed your family. We don't have to understand it. I can't explain it. Just like God fed Israel with the manna that fell every morning for one day. God always takes care of his own. So what was the main principle? Importunity. Much begging. Now, I can say, when I was a little kid, and even in my later years, I was able to obtain a lot of things by bugging my father. I, and, you know, can I have this? Will you give me this? Dad, will you buy me that? Dad, will you pay me? He'd say, son, no. Or he'd say, I'm talking to your uncle. It's bad time. Dad, will you give me this? Will you buy me that? Please, Dad. I would really like to have that. Will you give me this, Dad? Please, Dad. Son, you're getting on my nerves. This is Go to your room. You're becoming an irritant. In the Old West, they'd say, you're becoming a burr under my saddle. Dad, will you give me this? Please give me that. And sometimes he would say, all right. If I buy you this, will you be quiet and leave me alone? Now, we've all done this. And uh, children, this is a good technique to get what you want from your parent. <laughs> if I buy you this, will you be quiet? Now, don't buy him something wrong. You know what I mean. You know, when you're young and you didn't know any better and they take you to sit on Satan Claus's lap. You know, they got a picture of me crying. I was scared of him. I'm sitting there like a, she laughs. I don't know, I'm crying. I don't want this guy. This, who's this guy in a furry red suit with a weird hat and a gray beard? I don't know this guy. And plus he has halitosis. And, uh, and it's like, well, you, well, here's what I want. And back in our day, you, the, your parents would give you a Sears and Roebuck catalog or Montgomery Ward. Boy, I'm old. I know, some of you have no idea what I'm talking Or a J.C. Penney's catalog, the real thing. And you'd go, through, this is what I'm going to ask for this year. And uh, so you go ask him. He forgot by the time you left. Next! You know, sh run them through like an assembly line. But a lot of times... The way I got it, well, I just keep on asking. And you know that God's trying to teach us, think about it. God is busy. I know that sounds weird. God has a universe to run. Even though he can do anything, all the time, every place, he is omniscient, he knows everything, omnipresent, he's everywhere all the time, he can do anything. But how many people are praying at the same time? 
Have you ever thought about when there's an argument and both sides think it's the will of God and uh, this is the will of God? It can't be the will of God because it's not right biblically. Well, yes, it is. We're doing the will of God. So they're over here praying. You're over here praying. God's hearing the prayer. Who's going to get their prayers answered? It's kind of like in the old uh, days of, uh, you know, going to battle in the Holy Land with the Crusades. The Muslims would say, God wills it. Allah, this is the, God wills it. And then the Crusaders would say, let's go to war. God wills it. And they were just looking for a reason to go to war and blame it on God. And then they're both carrying a banner uh, for the, their God. And this happens all the time. How many people are praying right now? The requests are ascending up to heaven. The Bible says that our prayers are like a sweet-smelling savor and uh, a fragrance in the nostrils of Almighty God. God has a whole universe to run. You know, think about God. I'm getting praised right now. I mean, I know this is kind of hard to think about, but there's thousands upon thousands giving God glory before the throne of God. But God, help little old me. You know, and I'll say, a lot of, Father, it's, it's just Jeff. It's little old Jeff. I know you're real. Would you please have mercy on me and send help? There's lightning bolts shooting out of the throne. Why would he care about me? There's thunderings and voices and the sea of glass and a river of life proceeding from the throne of God. The angels, the cherubim and the seraphim are there guarding the throne room of God. I'm busy. What did Jesus teach? Ask, keep on asking. Knock, keep on knocking. Seek. And keep on seeking. Now, I'm just trying to get us to see this from a, a, a balanced viewpoint. Because God loves us so much, He has every hair on our head numbered. He knows. He knows how many hairs you lost tonight when you comb your hair to go to church. He knows everything. He loves us. God heareth our breathing. Do you realize He knows the cadence, the rhythm of your breath? He knows everything. The Bible says He hears us when we sigh. He loves us. But at the same time, Jesus said, this is the doctrine of prayer. You ask, you keep on asking, and the word really means beg. Now, I've, 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 I've never forgot this. Um, my cousin who just came to my dad's funeral. He knew how to work his dad. I've never forgot this. We were in Dallas, Texas at the famous mall. It's North Star Mall. Very famous in uh, right in downtown Dallas. Back in those days, we went through a, I think it was a Penny's or a Sears, and some of you will really know how old I am. They sold candy. How many of you remember that? Go to the mall. There were glass cases. 
in the Sears. Uh, and I'm not talking about a specialized candy store. This is just right there as you're walking down in the middle of a big department store. And he, uh, he started going, well, I want some candy. And his dad said, boy, you're not getting a, a piece of candy. And I remember we were with our family and his family. Little bitty guy. He knew how to get his way. One time I saw him throw, he could throw up out his nose. I know this is disgusting. If he did not get his way, he had a way to regurgitate and literally shoot it out of his nostrils. And they said, give the kid what he wants. Just, this is ridiculous. True story. He says, well, yeah, if I tell you a story I made up, I'll tell you, this has all really happened. I may say, this is a good illustration. No, this really happened. So he starts begging him, and it got so bad, I never forgot. His dad had on cowboy boots. He grabbed his dad's pants and hung on, and his dad is walking down the mall. He's going, boy, let go of my pants. Going like this, and he starts kicking. And he goes, You're, he goes, You're embarrassing us. You're not getting any candy. And he went, Daddy, Daddy, please, Dad, I just want some candy. You know how they are. I see them at Walmart all the time. Daddy, please, 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 Daddy, please, please. He goes, All right. If I buy you some candy, will you shut up and leave me alone so I can do some shopping? And he got his way. Yeah, and that's, you say, well, that's a brat. Well, if we're going to get our prayers answered, you better hang on to God and don't let go. Hang on, like they said, if you're at the end of your rope, tie a knot, hang on. Beg and beg and beg and beg and keep on begging and beg and beg and beg. And whatever you need, three loaves. Harmony, completeness, unity, all based upon the Word of God. What does it say in Matthew 5.42? He will give to him that asketh of thee. Right? And so, in conclusion, what does the Bible say? He's borrowing these three loaves. Not give, he's not getting them free He's borrowing them. He understands this is on loan from God, and God's going to expect something in return. So let's um, look what it says there. And so let's just read it again in the verse 5. And he said unto him, Which of you shall have a friend? And shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, did he say, give me free loaves? No, lend me free. Do you know that he went and at some point baked up at least three loaves, gave them back? You know, if we're going to get our prayers answered, it's not just me, 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 my, my, gimme, 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 gimme. Thank you. No, it's kind of like the ten lepers that Jesus healed. Only one even said thank you. Isn't that amazing? The other nine just said, thanks for the food. We've seen that. 
didn't even say thank you. Who bought it? Who prepared it? What's going on here of the entitlement? When we pray, God's going to answer. But in some way, it's alone. In some way, it's alone. God is a giving God, but he expects something in return. You know why? Everything is about the kingdom of heaven. Thy will be done. Hallowed be thy name. So if we can apply these principles, what do you need? How are we going to break through? And God would have mercy and hear from heaven. You know, we need, we need a miracle. In this church, in this town, we need an absolute miracle of the power of God, a breakthrough of the deadness and the dryness and the, just the, the lack of people who don't fear God. They don't seek God. They don't fear Him. They're involved in a lot of evil things. They're lazy. They're procrastinators. They're liars. Look what we're up against. And this is all over America, by the way, not just here. We need a miracle. So if you need financial help, healing physically, some type of a provision, some possession you need to acquire, victory, encouragement, strength over this life and the troubles, and also power over temptation to live the victorious life, but think about the power of God to build a church and the power of God to win souls. What's our real motive? What is our real motive? And I have to ask myself that. What is my real motive? Lend me three loaves. Is this about him or something else? You know, so many people get caught up in the wrong priorities. Lend me three loaves. Boy, this is really, let's pray about our prayer life during the invitation that God would help us apply these principles on the doctrine of prayer. All right, let's pray. Every head's bowed, every eye.